Good morning. Uh, my name's Tim. Um, I serve here as a teaching pastor, and we are we're starting off 2015 with a little couple weeks of teaching. Uh, we're calling it New Year's uh, Conflict Resolution. Um, uh, we believe uh, we believe conflict happens. We believe in conflict. Um, <laughs> the yeah, it, you know, it's it's part. It happens. It's part of life. It's unavoidable in our you know our, our workplaces, our schools, our friendships, our families. Conflict occurs where because we are living side by side with other human beings, and so uh, we 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 believe that Jesus uh, he, he he comes to give us a new a new blueprint for living, a new a pattern of living. He and not only does he give us a pattern, but he's a pioneer in it. He he walks the path ahead of us and gives us his spirit to, to follow him in that. And then he gives us a blueprint and pattern in how to handle conflict, how to do human relationships well. And we wanted to we want to spend some time talking about that because we think when he's forming his people, the church, that we are meant to be a people that say, um, I'm sorry and I forgive you well. We say that well. We are a reconciling people. And by doing that, a light uh, to others uh, for the kind, of, the kind of people that Jesus is creating. So we want to we start off this year talking about that. Um, but uh, to begin today, I just want to, uh, well, well, I guess one thing to note first, if you're a note taker, uh, we have a piece of paper in your bulletin you can take notes on. Um, always encourage that, it, you know, because the whole point of these morning, uh, the talks we give, the whole point is that it's lived. Uh, that it's not just kind of an in, intellectual exercise, but that we live it out uh, Monday through Saturday. And so, yeah, um, notes in your bulletin. Feel free to do that to follow along this morning. So, um, yeah, I'm going to offer a few thoughts, and then we're going to respond together uh, by partaking communion. So that's where we're headed, uh, to the communion table together. Let's begin this morning by praying. Uh, Father, Son, Spirit, we, uh, we believe you are the living God of the universe, and we believe you are a God of peace, God of shalom, peace, that you, um, you are the peacemaker, you are a reconciler with us, men and women, um, and you desire uh, real peace for our relationships, our families, our friendships, our church, and uh, we believe that you don't just desire the absence of conflict, but you desire harmony, flourishing, that, um, that our relationships are really life-giving, and we need your help in that. And so um, this morning, uh, as we bring conflict in this room with us, whether it be the hot, simmering kind or the cold, frozen kind that maybe we, we've lived with for so long, we've, we've forgotten it's even there. Jesus, I would ask that you, uh, you stop us in our tracks this morning. You speak to us. Speak to us about doing conflict well. Speak to us about doing relationships well. Spirit, move this morning. Shape our hearts. We can't do this on, on our own. We need you. So we pray this all in Jesus' good name. Amen. So this morning we're going to start in the book of Matthew. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 18. Uh, if you want to follow along. Matthew is in the New Testament, um, pretty far to the right in your Bible. It's after Malachi. It's before Mark. It's in the M section. We are uh, going to be chapter 18, verse 15 is, uh, is where we're going to start. This is a teaching Jesus gave uh, to his followers. So Jesus says this. 
Matthew 18, 15. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. We're going to pause there. Well, we're going to stop there. Uh, He says, if your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. And he goes on to say, he goes on to say more about conflict. Um, But this first part is hard enough. So we're just going to talk about this uh, this morning. Um, He says, uh, if your brother or sister sins against you, uh, if you've been hurt by someone, hurt by your brother or sister, hurt by a friend, and go to them uh, just between the two of you. And in Greek, you could, like a very literal translation would be, you and him or her, you and them only. Go to them, go talk to them, you and them alone. You and them only. Jesus says if, if, if uh, a friend or brother or sister hurts you, go and talk to them about it. You and them alone. Now, uh, I think this pen is... Oh, yeah, we'll try this one. Now in... Uh, oh, this, that's not good. We'll try this one. Let's see if this is working. Okay. So, um... In our world, here's person A. Now, person A does something to hurt or offend person B. So, um, in, your, in, your, in your family, in your friendships, in your circles, person A hurts person B. What does person B do 90% of the time? Cry? Yeah. <laughs> What, what else? What else does person B do? Facebook. <laughs> That's good. That's actually getting close to what I want to say. Um, go, they go toilet paper their house. They go, you know. Person B, I would say, I, I mean, I don't know, 90%. Person B talks to somebody. But who do they talk to? They talk to person A? No. They go and they find... Person C, who might be on Facebook, and they tell person C about what person A did. Can you believe this? And then what does person C do? They get mad at person A. Sometimes they go tell them off. They do something about it. They try and, stick, they try and fix it themselves. Sometimes they're just mad. Person B and C together, mad at person A and holding this grudge. Yeah? Is this... This, happen in, this happens in my world. I don't know, maybe, maybe I have a unique human experience there. Um, but, but Jesus says, if, if somebody, if a brother or sister sins, if they hurt you, go and talk to them about it. You and them alone. Jesus says, if someone, someone hurts you, go and talk to them. You and them alone. And so... If, uh, you know, in your family, uh, this, this plays out over and over again where, where um, you, you, your, your mom says something to your sister and she is just so offended of it. So your sister calls your other sister and now your two sisters together are just furious at your mom. Maybe your other sister goes and, and every time she sees your mom, now she's making sarcastic comments about it. Or, or maybe, maybe in your in your small group, there's there's this, there's these two people in your small group who just have trouble getting a, getting along, and so and so this person A in your small group, they do something that just gets under the skin of person B. So person B, what do they do in your small? They they call you up 
and tell you, can you believe this happened? Now you two are frustrated together uh, towards person A. Or maybe at work, that you're at work and, 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 and somebody um, at work does something to you. And it just, it is not fair at all and it's hurtful. And so, so you go, as soon, the soonest possible chance, you go down the hall to your friend at work and you tell them about it. Can you believe this happened? And now together you are angry at that first person. But Jesus says, if someone, if someone hurts you, he says, if somebody hurts you, go to them. Go talk to them. You and him alone. You and her alone. We, uh, uh, in college, there's a, there's a game my friends and I played that reminds me of this. Um, and, you know, oftentimes I'll tell stories kind of from college or earlier, and as always, I do not hold myself up as a model to be emulated or claim maturity at, at a younger age or even today, but, um, the, uh, but in college, um, so me and my buddies, we had a game in college that we called the slap game, and it's very simple to learn how to play. Um, the slap game um, had one rule. If someone slaps you in the face, uh, you're not allowed to slap them back for 20 minutes. That was the only rule of the slap game. And, uh, and yes, I know, we're, we're very future leaders. That's what we were, yes, young men. Um, so I can still remember, uh, I can remember being in the lunchroom, getting my lunch, you know, uh, my plate of food and rice and vegetables and dessert and a couple, a couple drinks. And I'm, I'm going down the stairs. I go down the stairs and my buddy Aaron goes, hey, Tim. And I'm like, oh, hey, Aaron. And I just stand in there holding my tray. I do nothing about it. And uh, so we're, we play the slap game. And um, it was all, we, 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 uh, we and it was, there was no anger about it. We really just thought we were funny. And so, um, so uh, imagine after class one day. So this would happen now and again. So imagine after class, three of us are standing around talking. And we're, you know, talking about whatever, sports or the class. And, oh, man, can you believe that paper? Oh, I don't even know if I'm going to get that assignment. Boosh! Just, you know, you, the first person would just slap the second person. Now the second person is like, oh, and can't get the first person back. So they turn to the other person who's there <laughs> and take their anger out on that. And then the third person, their only option is to go after person number one. And so for, it depends on how fast. But sometimes there'd be a circle and just be like, dish, 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 just go right around the circle. But there's this, uh, it's this picture of... The, the very idea of the game is that you have to pass the conflict on to someone else. Is the essence of the game. You're not allowed to deal with the person who gave it to you. And so that, that you have to pass on. I, and for me, the sad reality is I think this gets played out in our real-time relationships. That we pass the conflict to someone else. And sometimes we... We, we get a slap in the face, a verbal or a, a something that happens, something that hurts us, something that, a sin against us, and we pass it along to someone else. Sometimes it's us being angry at someone else, or sometimes it's us just venting to someone else so they can be angry too. They can be drawn into this conflict with us. We pass the conflict around. But Jesus comes and Jesus says, he says if someone sins against you, go to them. Go to them. Go to them. You and them alone. Go talk to them. You and them alone. 
don't pass it around. Don't, don't pass it around. He says, go to them, you and them alone. I wonder, I wonder if you identify with this at all this morning. I think we're all there at different times. Um, because uh, because this, is, this feels a lot, to go to this other person feels a lot safer, it's a lot easier, it's a lot more comfortable. Um, this is, to go talk to this person is scary, it's uncomfortable. This is, this is much easier for us. And I, and I wonder if you, if, if you identify with that person, be experienced at all this morning. I wonder, uh, do, you, do, you feel, do you feel wronged this morning? This past week, have you had imaginary arguments with person A in your head? And you have said all the things you wish you could say to them. This morning, while you're getting ready, while you're showering, were you playing out what you would say to them if you could? How much mental space have you given to being hurt, being upset this week? Is this, do you identify with this this morning? And Jesus says, Jesus says if someone, if a brother or sister has sinned against you, if a brother or sister has hurt you, go talk to them. Go talk to them. You and them only. Go talk to them. So that's, that's person B. Now I want to, uh, I want to transition now and I want to talk, I want to talk to this person. Person C a little bit. I, uh, we we all are um, we all are person C at different times. We all at different times are are the one where people are coming to us. People are bringing their hurt to us to tell us about it. And some of us, um, some of I mean, we're all there sometimes. Some of us just for whatever reason we we end up being person C a lot. We're just that we're just that person people bring this kind of stuff to. Uh, and there's something there there uh, because there's something that feels good about being person C. Yeah. There's something about when, when you're this person, you feel close, you're in together, you're like, you're the confidant, you're friends, you know the secrets, you can be angry together, it feels good, you're, you're wanted, you're needed, you're important, you're helpful, and you can, and, and it feels good to, to know what person A did and kind of hold that against them, that, there's a good feeling in that, and when, we, when we're person C, when we're, we're, we're taking the conflict from person B and we're, we're, we're person C, when we do that, we are short-circuiting the possibility of these other two finding peace. When, we, when, when we're this person, when we, when we just, oh yeah, y'all, I can't believe they did that. Oh, they're they are so, so selfish. Oh yeah. When we're playing, when we're this person and just and getting angry at person A, we are short-circuiting the possibility of these two finding peace because we're, we're helping this person not deal with person A, but just to sit in their anger and hurt. Jesus. Jesus said to people he cared deeply about. He looked them in the eye and he said, if someone, if someone has wronged you, go to them. Go talk to them. You and them alone. 
Jesus says to us when we are person C, he gives us permission to say to people we care about, oh, if somebody's wronged you, somebody's hurt you, you should go talk to them. You should go talk to them. You and them alone. Jesus looked his closest friends in the eye and he said, he said, if somebody's hurt you, you should go talk to them. You and them only. Go talk to them. Jesus, um, he models this. Uh, he models this for us. He, he teaches it. He tells it to his close friends. He also lives it out. There's this, uh, uh, this account uh, in the book of Luke. We get this account where there are these two brothers. <clears throat> and these two brothers, um, there's some sibling rivalry maybe, and, and their, their dad passes away. And now, um, now their dad has passed away. There's an inheritance to be doled out. And so you get this mixture of, um, you get this mixture of grief and money. And you stir it together and it results, it results in conflict, anger. Now the Bible is just so, it's so unrealistic about life. It doesn't, and it's very different back then than today. But back then siblings would fight over inheritance, those kind of things. And so um, these two brothers are mad at each other. And uh, the one brother controls who gets the inheritance, who gets the estate. And the other brother is mad at brother A. And so brother B goes to Jesus. And he says, Jesus, tell brother A to give me the money I deserve. And Jesus says, who appointed me judge or arbitrator between you two? You go, it's, not my, it's not my business. I'm not going to stick my nose in the middle of it. Jesus, Jesus effectually says, Jesus basically says to the, the second brother, you need, to, you need to go talk to him yourself. You need to go work that out yourself. Jesus, he basically says to him, he says, he says if, if your brother has wronged you, if you feel hurt by him, you need to go talk to him. You and him alone. I don't need to enter into it. You need to go back to him. It's kind of like this. That, um, so, oh, wrong one again. Where did I do it? There it is. So, in this situation, person A or brother A has hurt person B, brother B, and they go to person C or Jesus. And Jesus says back to this person, he says, if, if somebody's hurt you, if your brother's hurt you, you need to go talk to him, you and him alone. And so he sends him back to go deal with this. Jesus doesn't pass it around. He sends, he sends him back. If, if, somebody's, if somebody's wronged you, your brother says they wronged you, you need to go talk to them, you and them alone. Now, uh, I don't think this means that, that if you're this person, if you're person C and somebody comes and they're upset, they're hurt, um, it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you can't talk to them. Don't talk to me about this. I'm closing my ears. Get out of it. Go talk. I mean, I don't, it doesn't mean you have to like shut it down immediately. Now, there might be instances. There might be instances where it's just inappropriate, where it's, um, it's uh, you, have, you have children. They just got married, and uh, your son got in a fight with his new wife, and he is calling you to gripe about his new wife, and you're the parent. That is just, you need to say, that's not, I'm not the one you should be talking to about this. All right? That's inappropriate. There, there's times where you just need to shut it down. But, um, but there's other times where you can, you can listen, you can empathize, but then you need to ask some questions like, 
have you, have you talked to them about this? You're talking to me about this. Have you talked to them about this? Why haven't you talked to them about this? Jesus says to people he cares about, gives us permission to say to people we care about, well, if somebody's hurt you, if somebody's wronged you, you should go talk to them. You and them alone. It doesn't mean that we can't empathize, we can't listen to our friends, but it does mean we need to push, we need to be able to say to them, hey, I will listen to you, I will help you think through what you're going to say to person A, I will pray for you, but I wouldn't be your friend if I didn't tell you, you need to go talk to them. I will just be enabling you to stay in this conflict. I won't really be loving you if I don't tell you you need to go talk to them. Jesus says to go talk to them. Go talk to her. Go talk to him. You and them alone. So I don't know if you identify with this person C this morning. If you find yourself in those conversations where people are bringing their conflict to you and it feels good and you feel close to them, if you're finding those conversations. But um, I, wonder, I wonder if you are what Jesus might be saying to you about that, how he might be encouraging you to love your friends well today by saying the words of Jesus to them. Have you talked to them? Can I pray for you when you go talk to them? Can I encourage you to go talk to them? You and them alone. Okay, so we've talked about person B, we've talked about person C. I want to shift gears now. I want to talk about person A for a little bit. We're going to go to one more scripture this morning to talk about that. We're going to flip back to Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. Carlo looked at this briefly um, last week, but we'll spend a little more time on it this morning. So Jesus, um, speaking... Uh, to this person uh, in Matthew 5, 23, Jesus teaches this. He says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come offer your gift. So Jesus he is, he's giving this teaching, and he's up in the northern part of the country, uh, up in the, the area called Galilee, probably the north side of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, he, he's teaching there, and probably most of the people listening to them are people, a lot of them are from that region. They're Galileans. And they would know that they lived a three days walk from the altar, which was at the temple, which was in Jerusalem. And so they knew that um, to go to the altar for them meant that they probably only went there a couple times a year. It was a really big deal. And a couple times a year, they'd make the three-day walk to Jerusalem. They'd go to Jerusalem. And uh, so Jesus is saying, okay, imagine you're, you're taking one of these treks to Jerusalem. Imagine you packed all your stuff up. You've walked the three days there. Imagine you've come to Jerusalem. You, you've got your shekels out. You find an animal to sacrifice. You've, perhaps you find a goat and you buy your goat. And then you're getting ready to go to the temple. And so then you go to the, the ritual baths and you do your ritual immersion to be cleansed to go in the temple area. And so then you, you and your goat and you head up into the temple, this amazing place. And you're getting ready to worship through sacrifice. You're, getting re- you're approaching the, the living, loving, just God of the universe. And you're getting ready to worship. And as you're going to worship, Jesus says, imagine you remember there's somebody back home. 
who feels hurt by you. Maybe it's somebody in your family, maybe it's a neighbor, it's a friend, but they have something against you. Maybe you don't even agree with it, but they have something against you. Jesus says, leave your goat. Leave your goat. Go take the three days walk back home. Find the person. Make it right. Gather your stuff back up. Take the three-day walk back to the temple. Find your goat. Go sacrifice. Worship. Jesus says, Jesus, he, 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 I mean, it's deliberately, it's deliberately this overblown uh, story that he tells. That, that you'd, be, you'd be three days away and then you have this live animal. He says, leave the live animal at the altar and walk all the way back to Galilee. Find the person and make it right. He says, drop whatever you're doing and go make it right. Jesus, it, you know, he doesn't tell the reverse story. He doesn't say, oh, if you're, if you're reconciling with a brother and sister and worship is about to start, leave them and go worship. He says the opposite. He says, if you're going to worship and you remember there's a brother or sister that feels hurt by you, you drop what you're doing. Leave your goat. Go find them and make it right. This is hard. This is hard because when we're person A, when we're in this situation, we're person A, um, my experience, when I'm this person, 10 times out of 10, I know I'm right. Right? When I'm this person, somebody has something against me, well, they're being sensitive. I was just telling it like it is. I'm just telling the truth. It's their problem. I'm right. I was just, I was just speak, I was just telling, I'm just being honest. I'm sorry that they're hurt by it. We're person A, we know we're right. Jesus says, if you remember your brother or sister has something against you, go to them, leave the altar, and be reconciled. Then come and worship. Jesus says, you remember somebody has something, they feel hurt by you, they feel wrong by you, go to them and make it right. Is this, do you identify with this? Do you identify with this this morning or often? Are you usually right? You just, are you you a truth teller? I just tell the truth, I'm sorry if it hurts people's feelings. Is that you? Is there anybody this morning that has something against you? Whether you agree with it or not. Jesus says, He says, if you if you come to the altar, if you come to worship, and you remember someone has something against you, leave what you're doing, go to them, and be reconciled. Be reconciled. Be reconciled means to restore the relationship to its original harmony. Go and be reconciled. We're going to move into communion in just a moment here. As we do, um, I, I really believe um, that, Jesus, uh, that Jesus has come and he gives us the blueprint, the pattern for, 
for true human living. He shows us this. He shows us, let me show you how to live a flourishing human life. He shows us the pattern to do it. And he's the pioneer in it. He walks it ahead of us. And then he gives some of his spirit and he puts his spirit in us. Not that we do it on our own, but that he can live it out through us. He says, let me show you how to really live. And the question I think for us is, it's not just will we be obedient in it. Will we, will we follow his instructions in this? But always be below, underneath the question of obedience is ultimately the question of trust. Do we trust that Jesus really knows the best way to be in human relationships? Or do we believe we know better? When we're one of these people in our marriages, in our families, in our cores, or our small groups, or our churches, our workplaces, in our schools, do we believe Jesus knows the best way to deal with those situations? Do we trust him? Will we trust Him with our friendships when they get in conflict? Will we trust Him with our family relationships when they get in conflict? Will we trust Him with our church relationships when they get in conflict? Do we trust that He knows the best way? Or do we believe we know the best way? I believe Jesus is saying, trust me. Trust me when you're in one of these places. Listen to my voice and trust that I am showing you the way to really live. When someone, a brother or sister, sins against you, the best thing to do is to go to them, you and them alone, talk to them about it. When you remember someone has something against you, the best thing to do is leave, drop what you're doing, go find them, be reconciled. Will you trust me?